Welcome to the June 1st edition of the PFF Forecast. George and Eric, we are in a tearful mindset. Again. Just continuing to tear it out. And uh, today, we have got offensive supporting cast tears. Will there be tears? You'll have to stay tuned in to find out. Let's rock. Welcome to everybody watching us live via satellite on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you listening at home, we appreciate you. We love you. The syndicate. Um, it's time for some offensive supporting cast here. Well, let's first discuss a couple things. Okay. okay. Sorry. Well, tennis bets? No. no Just for I, people wondering, when I walked out of my office today, yeah. the entire PFF office was cheering a random tennis match. And I blame you. And Me. Zach Tantillo. Zach Tantillo is the reason. Supposed just, tennis betting guru. Yeah, I, I just tailed it. I had I was flush after a night of printing money on live WNBA totals. <laughs> um, but again, your your pot shots of the WNBA are not uh, welcome. I, the they're not coming from me. Um, they're coming from the chat. The, uh, here are some reactions to the Arthur Smith discussion, which I find interesting. I, I do want to come, come back to this. This is from Autumn Prime. Okay. Smith was right. They ranked Arthur Smith lower because he hurt their feelings that he knows football in the league better than them. Petty guys. Atlanta should have won two to three games. He took them to seven. Doing a great job so far. In look for new coach tier, you're embarrassing yourself a little here. Okay. All right. Yeah, sure. They they were a team that fundamentally won four games last year and squeaked out seven. The reason they squeaked out seven, by the way, let's let's look at the teams that the Atlanta Falcons uh, beat last year. Um, in, in in a brilliant coaching performance by our guy Arthur Smith, they beat the New York Giants, coached by Joe Judge. Okay? They're very good. They, they ran a QB sneak. And they beat five. the New York Jets in London. Another great football team. They beat the Miami Dolphins. Or was the Dol- no, the Dolphins game was, was in Miami. That team was terrible last year. I know they won nine games, but you look at their nine, their nine wins, terrible. They beat the Saints, which was actually – be- that was the Trevor Simeon game. Yeah. They had Trevor Simeon. And they almost blew the lead in that game. They had a multiple-score lead. They beat the Jaguars. I heard they were Another great. really good team. They beat the Carolina Panthers, who are coached by a guy that we put just put in a tier called No. And then they beat the Detroit Lions. Okay. That's their best win. And, the, and they, they beat and, the Lions. Okay, maybe you should take it back. Yeah, I should take it back. They beat the Lions. And, and here's the point. They won seven games last year. Their win total now is five. I, I, I'll I bet my under four and a half. So he's not doing a great job. This thing isn't getting better. And this idea that he knows the league better, he literally misclassified the, the, the quintessential tank in NFL history as – a long rebuild when the rebuild took two and a half years to win a fucking Super Bowl. He talked about how first round picks were, were held like 
the firstborn child when we gave out numerous examples of teams willy-nilly the we didn't even talk we talked about the Herschel Walker trade we don't even talk about the Eric Dickerson trade wherein the Indianapolis Colts traded three first round picks and three second round picks for Eric Dick, yeah. Eric Dickerson and then three years later traded I think two more first round picks to move up and draft Jeff George the quarterback from Illinois he didn't he doesn't like the point the point of the whole thing wasn't a we like we're mad that he talks shit about us what we're mad about is he's he had he's from a house that has glass walls all four of the walls are glass that is the that is the point of this of this entire discussion if bill belichick we've never gone after bill belichick for saying oh analytics are stupid because bill's the goat right like why would we we've never gone after john harbaugh by the way john harbaugh loves analytics and funny they 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 squeeze more wins out of that team uh than they ever should we never go after andy reed for saying stuff like that we went after arthur smith because the guy the team the guy's team is falling apart checks notes 14 months 13 months 15 months into the freaking regime. That's why we're, that's why we took after we took umbrage to Arthur Smith talking that way. And and I'll just bring up a little bit of an example because look, you're off to a hot start. You picked up right where you left off. I watched the USFL. I bet on it. I like betting on it. My, uh, this guy used to coach my favorite team. He was a head coach in the NFL. If that is your bar, that, hey, this guy's a head coach and you guys aren't, so he knows more than you. Todd Haley of the Tampa Bay Bandits, down 20-13, to 13, had three timeouts left mm-hmm. on the clock. Okay. The opposing team against him was run – basically was like third down with like two minutes and 50 seconds left. They run the ball. Or no, it was like two minutes and 15 seconds left. They run the ball. Todd Haley called a timeout with two minutes and four seconds left. Which anybody that's on win probability model, like yeah. I know that was you know one of your big things early on, and, and it's that is like literally the worst time you could let the thing drain to the two minute warning and keep all three of your timeouts with the change. You'll of never get of the those punt. four seconds back. Look, Todd Haley probably knows that four you seconds is a long a time for him. You could have taken a timeout at two forty prior to the third down play and let the clock. You could have done literally anything but taking the timeout at 204, and Todd Haley took it. Now, Todd was an offensive coordinator for a Super Bowl-winning team. He was the head coach of a Kansas City Chiefs team that won the AFC West in 2010, and then he was a pretty damn good offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers with our friend Bruce Gretkowski, and he fucked up the end of the game. That happens, right? Just because you're in the league doesn't mean you make uniformly better decisions than people who are outside the league. And so, again, any, like, appeals to authority when 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 discussing the Arthur Smith situation just pissed me like they may they just make me upset i know i couldn't tell yeah are you sure you're not like a little mad that he came after you i'm a little angry okay. but like not just a little bit yeah i i'm i'm certainly think, i'm just angry this. that he has the temerity to do it given his team stinks his team can has I, his team took this? a bad situation and has made it worse. And then he has the gall to sort of go after people outside the league do for you, criticizing him. Do you think he had someone in mind? Like, what do you think caused that? I guess is my question. It was discussions of tanking. So people were asking them if they were tanking. And he kind of like he like and maybe he's protesting too much, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe look, and maybe I'm not giving him enough credit in the sense that the Falcons. Are really, tanking. the Falcons fucked up last year. 
They they could have literally just cut Deion Jones, a linebacker, a player at a non-premium position, cut Deion Jones, paid Matt Ryan the whole amount of money. If the Chiefs could pay Patrick Mahomes $45 million this year, the Falcons last year could have paid Matt Ryan the whole sum of the yep. money and just like let him go after the year or whatever, drafted a quarterback, did anything. And and instead, they kept Deion Jones. They they What did they do? They ex- And so it was kind of weird too because right they kept Deion Jones – they gave Ryan a restructured deal, and then the 49ers traded up to pick three, mm-hmm. which kind of maybe screwed up their plans because the yeah. Dolphins weren't going to take a quarterback with two of their – and everything. Things changed for sure, but then they were forced to trade Julio Jones to the, the Titans uh, in a money dump basically. And then last year they were terrible. They were terrible. In week set 18, they could have gone over their season win total, and Taysom Hill took them to the cleaners. They suck. And And – and I'm sorry, but like you're right. And t- like I wish you were wrong. They, they were not competitive against reasonably good football teams last year. And now, and then now everybody's like, they try to go after Deshaun Watson. They try to move heaven and earth to bring a guy as close to home as he's going to be, other than the Panthers would have done it. They miss. You go after a morally onerous quarterback, you miss. Then you got to trade a morally upstanding quarterback that you've had on your team since 2008. And, and now everybody's like, well, shit, you look like you have no clue. And instead of being like, yeah, it kind of looked bad, you, you, you fight back against the media who know, like, who have gone out of their way to like learn about the salary cap and how this league works. It, it to me, seems kind of silly. Yeah. I, the, key, the key thing is that if you are a head coach, you should, you know, you're being paid a lot of money. Like, let's be clear. You're making a ton of money, a lot more than all the people in the media that are talking to you, a lot more than you and I. And you should be held to a standard of knowing what the hell you're doing that is actually higher. And when you do mess up like that and it then you get triggered, mm-hmm. you deserve to get come after. You know, like as one of the things that I would expect out of a head coach is that he doesn't get triggered by the media. Oh, by the way, the other would be like the coaching on the field stuff looks good. But like, let's just pretend we're only in the in the press conference right now, which I don't think he did a great job of. Um, that said, I'd like to know if he read any articles out there um, that that potentially put him in a. So bad here's spot. a here's a couple other questions that people had with our coaching tiers that I thought were interesting. So one of them was, "What's Kyle Shanahan's head coaching record?" Question mark. Well. That's a little tricky, right? Because the guy has had seasons where his entire team has been decimated by. Right. And I also think, are we ready to have the discussion about which of the 49ers brain trust is the good one and which one? Like, I personally believe Shanahan has his faults for sure. He's Mm -hmm. the one pushing the button on the second, third day wide, the second day running backs that don't end up working. Mm -hmm. But like I I was talking to Brad Spielberger and he goes, he just te- he texts me. He goes, "Look at the D Ford contract. D Ford had some. D Ford like was paid at like a million and a half dollars per pressure earned by the Niners. Wow! And he traded a second round pick to pick you know all this yeah. kind of stuff. And you know that didn't work out. There was you know obviously um, I'm trying to think of the other ones like the Trent Williams thing is like a huge like that's a good move. But then." They have to pay him a huge amount because they didn't buy in right away. Like they, mm-hmm. they sort of yeah, bought yeah. at the top of the market the second time around for him, which is probably fine because he's great. But like the wide receiver position, they draft Brandon Ayuk, traded up for Ayuk, I think, right? Yep. Then don't play him right away. Like with the there, there's an interesting amount. 
But the problem is, is like neither one of us put Shanahan in tier one, right? I felt bad only putting him in tier yeah, two. And, yeah. and, they, and they've made under him two NFC championship games, including one Super Bowl, a Super Bowl where they, you know, at trigger warning, were ahead by 10 points in the fourth quarter. Like th- this... I don't know I, how we brought that up. If there. if if your reason, and this is my th- same thing with Andy Reid, our, our friends, our Chiefs fans, it's like, yeah, if your only thing that you have against a guy is he bl- is he struggles in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. like reevaluate yourself. But the the other one that's interesting, and this is by Godverment, which whew, I don't know, like if uh, you're listening to the right show, there's only one guy in Tier One, Belichick. He's also he's oh, oh he's also the GM. The real world ranks coaches by results, not fourth down attempt rate. Okay. All right. Let's go through some some results here. Cole Strange, Mac Jones, Nikhil Harry, Sony Michelle, Isaiah Wynn. Those are results. Now, you've won some Super Bowls. That dude traded a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu during the middle of the season. That was Brady. (laughs) Let's give Brady the credit where it's due. I I mean, this idea that these guys are infallible is so freaking triggering to me i i don't think you're triggered i think you're being very calm here I, it it's incredible how calming you're having a calming effect on me I also also I, i'm sorry but belichick got shown the 50 states by the bills in the playoffs last year and and, and without brady the guy has played two the, well no they without brady he's won one playoff game and that was yeah the Browns i mean i think the point like the important point is not that we weren't tiering guys based on their history yeah he's the best coach of all time he is a hall of fame coach now the fact that he had tom brady cannot be you can't tell the belichick story without tom brady and that's okay you aren't going to find many head coaches if any that are going to have a hall of fame pedigree in the 2000s without having a great quarterback that's fine but the fact of the matter is is that without tom brady in the couple of seasons that we have, you have to look at things, and that's what we did, with an eye towards the future. And you have to say, okay, well, like, given today, you know, how do I feel about him? And that that's, it's okay to have a guy not be the greatest of all time in a particular season, even though they're the greatest of all time overall. Uh, like, yes. Like, I, you're not putting, I don't know, here's the way I would, I would maybe characterize it going to another sport. Like, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. When he was playing for the Wizards, you weren't like, hey, next year, guess who the best player in the NBA is going to be? It's going to be Michael Jordan. Yeah. Or Phil Jackson, for example. Now, Phil Jackson ended up coaching, you know, Shaq and Kobe afterwards. But, like, you know, I mean, I guess when he went to the Knicks, you're not like, oh, yeah, like, this guy's going to be amazing. Because, and I'm not comparing Jackson at the Knicks to, yeah. to Belichick. Don't get But there's a reason that, like, the Patriots are not even, like, the Patriots are are what a coin flip to make the playoffs this year that they're, they're they're you know four point underdogs to the bills and frankly like we probably put too much stock in belichick because i think we took the patriots yeah. in that playoff game where they got I mean, they got they rolled. got destroyed at the end and, of this and uh, season i just again like i think look I, like i said i think belichick is is especially in the area in the range of time when some of the stuff he struggles with didn't matter as much mm-hmm. like fourth down decisions like um, you know, some other sort of more advanced stuff. Like he, he was great, but like we, and we put him in the hall of fame tier. Like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, who would you rather have right now? Andy Reid or Belichick? It's a good question right now. Wow. That is a really good question. I'd rather have Andy Reid. 
And, 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 ah, but it's close. I mean, I Andy, think I'd rather and Andy, Andy blows 18-point playoff leads more than any, like, home 18-point playoff leads. Um, And, and like, I, Sean McDermott, too. Like, I, I put – we put McDermott, like, a little bit lower, but the guy is on a trajectory right now. Like, there's a reason, like, his team is favored to win the Super Bowl. I, like, it, like I said, I think – this this idea and by the way both of us have had chances to work in the league like this this mm-hmm. is it, it, we don't have to like measure or whatever but it's it's just funny to me that like it's this idea that the guy the the people that are doing it don't have don't they they don't make mistakes and this idea that like arthur smith can like and arthur smith of all people a guy and like the, the person in the chat said this i don't want really want to give them flack but guy took pits over chase as well um, when, by the way, we, our mock draft had chase and everybody people said we should be fired. Yeah, minds. The people lost their minds because Calvin Ridley was apparently an untouchable at the time oh, and, man, that's and right. Julio Jones that's right. and, and they traded Julio. And now, you know, Calvin, uh, what do I call him? Billy Walters Ridley. I, I wrote an article this week. Um, and like the, it's just, it's just funny to me, but like I said, I think that, that if you're going to argue on behalf of people, in the league, you have to present evidence the way that we did on on Sunday, and not just hey, they're in the league and you're not. Because there's plenty. Like Joe Judge was a head coach in the NFL for two years. Like case closed. I thought it was entertaining. Anyways, just a reminder to everyone listening: we love you all. Despite you know Eric's, um, he got a little triggered. He got you triggered Eric a little bit. So you congratulations to you know. guys. Um, that's why I love you all. Before we get to tiering our supporting cast, offense supporting cast. Uh, reminder that the best place to play fantasy football this summer or any time, you know, it, it could be June gloom and in, in uh, Los Angeles might not feel like summer, but go to underdog fantasy. Is that or, real? Yeah, it's real. June gloom. Yeah. June gloom, which is part partially tells you how spoiled people in Southern yeah, California like- are, but it's also kind of a real thing. They trade June gloom for like every other part of the year yeah. being awesome. It's like, it's like when a Sydney Crawford had like fat Sunday. <laughs> There you go. Um, I don't know where I was, but the Best Ball Mania Tournament has a $10 million total cash prize money purse. So you want to get involved with that. The best part is that Best Ball Fantasy doesn't require you to do any of that in-season management garbage. You don't have to worry about start sits. You don't have to trade. You don't have to pick up guys on waivers. There's nothing worse okay, than having a real life and fucking being tired and realizing that waivers are going to happen at like, 1 30 in the morning and it's like 12 30 you're like oh shit <laughs> don't have to worry about that with underdog fantasy you just go draft the team and watch them prosper you also don't get annoying trade requests from yes. people in your league during the season oh, where it's like random number comes through you're like oh no who is this the one guy in my league whose number i don't have and they're like yeah i really want so and so for this garbage player i just picked i, I up. just remember i just like I, back in the day when I had a lot of like season long weeks, I just remember me- messaging somebody back and like, "Are you insane? Stop wasting my well, time with." That's just you getting triggered once again. There, uh, your your best players, your best high scores are played every single week. The winner of Best Ball Mania last year drafted in June. So I don't know what you're waiting for, but if you need a little push, a little nudge, promo code PFF at Underdog doubles your first deposit up to hundred dollars and. If you use promo code PFF when you play ten dollars, you're going to get a free PFF subscription. I I don't know how I still don't know Connor Price. How is this deal allowed? We need to figure out how this is possibly uh, allowed, but it is. 
So go take advantage of it before it goes away. On underdogfantasy.com or the app, the app is great. Use promo code PFF. Double your money, play $10, win. Tier, the offenses. By the way, Tyreek Hill Sorry, uh, not the today came out and said Tyreek wanted to stay in KC. To um, which I tell the Chiefs, good on you. But that's not what he said to begin with, so I don't know what he said. Yeah, it's weird. But obviously everything has a price These tag. are offensive supporting casts going into this year. So, to and, be and clear. It's, and it's not offensive line. It's just skill position. So, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. That's not how I did it. Okay, okay. So, I'm going to adjust on the fly. Okay. This is information that I have received <laughs> just this very Did moment. I not put in the chat skill position? Uh, I saw offensive support. Our guy pass. Duke Manweather is going to say offensive line is a skill position. Sure. Yes. Now, maybe that's me intuitively honoring the offensive yeah. lineman. But athletes adjust, Eric. Athletes, athletes adjust. adjust. There was a lot, to be clear, to give, you guys, easy. to give you guys an inside look at our Slack chat. It ranged from NBA Finals preview WNBA supporting casts. And then when I looked at it this morning, I saw supporting casts. So in my mind, that meant offensive line okay. as well. But tight ends, running backs, receivers, in that order. Your first tier. I call this tier the elite of the elite. Oh, wow. no you got descriptive there. No particular order. Cincinnati, Buffalo, Las Vegas, and the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. I teetered about the Los Angeles Rams because I'm, ta- I'm making a little bit of a projection on Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning into the fact that Cooper Cup is the most productive receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. And I'm also saying running backs don't matter that much. And you look at McVay, other than Shanahan, linebackers moved less in the run game mm-hmm. on the Rams than they did against anybody in football. So I don't really – like Cam Akers stinks, but whatever. He'll, he'll be fine. Uh, Tyler Higby is a good tight end as well. They also have Van Jefferson. They also have uh, eventually Tutu Atwell. So those are my four elite of the elite. It's interesting. Um, so I have a slightly bigger group than you. And what I have here is the way that I've determined uh, that I've uh, named this tier is find a weakness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Find a weakness. Now, the, what I have, and, and this is not in order either, but I have the Niners, the Bucks, the Chargers, the Vegas Raiders, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Gotcha. Now, did you have the Browns in yours? I have Cleveland... In, you did not have them. I do not have that. No. Because okay. I interestingly, the Browns were one that I struggled with when thinking about their offensive lines. Now, the ones that I was a little, that I debated a little bit here. Um, the first one that I debated a little bit was the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how I arrived at the 49ers. My, the way that I thought about this was not that you had to have like a number one stud receiver. Mm-hmm but that you didn't have, like, even you could have had a number one stud receiver and no support, a la the Chiefs, and I wouldn't have put you in here, right? Like, Travis Kelsey, to me, is a number one stud receiver, but he doesn't have the support yet. I think he could, ultimately. I didn't put them in there. George Kittle is an absolute stud. Debo Samuel, very, very good. Brandon Ayuk, great number three option. 
And then I like the peripheral uh, options that they have as well. So I, mm-hmm. I thought that they were they deserved to be in the first tier. The Bucks with two great receivers and good supporting receivers make it. The Chargers with two great receivers make it. The Vegas Raiders with three really great to really good receivers Options, make it. Yeah. The Bills, ironically, I thought about this for a second. I was like, ah, maybe not the Bills. But then they have way more than Stephon Diggs. Gabriel Davis is really good. Dawson Knox is really good. Yep. And I don't know how you couldn't put the Dolphins in here. So I so this is my second tier. I said basically elite. So what's not elite about the Dolphins uh, receivers okay. and tight ends? So so Jalen Waddle, we still have to see oh, the stop. downfield shit. Okay. Oh stop. So no no like here's a couple things like he was the only option on that team last year. In the way in which they are going to be used. I think it's actually a projection, A, to put to again, I said this is this I said basically elite. Okay, okay. Basically okay. elite for me is Miami, Los Angeles Chargers, Denver Broncos, and Minnesota Vikings. Those are my basically elite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's not elite because they don't have a third option. Their tight end is coming off an ACL or a knee injury, I think of Patella maybe. Yep. Uh Denver has Judy, uh Sutton, Patrick. Uh, uh, Kuam, and then the running backs are pretty good. Chargers have Eckler, who like use Eckler matters. I think like as a running back, eighteen touchdowns or whatever the hell it was last year, um, a lot of touchdowns. And then uh, you have Williams and and uh, Allen. And then with Miami, I think the issue here is you look at average depth of target for Jalen Wilde, seven yards. Mm-hmm. Quarterback's not changing, right? So. 9.8 yards a catch. Like, I got to see the downfield shit before. And then the other thing to me, and I think this <clears throat> this is something to really worry about if you're Tyreek Hill. A, Tyreek Hill is 28 years old. B, if you look at the way things have evolved for him, average depth of target in 2018 was 16 yards. 2019 was 12 yards. 2020 was 13 yards. And last year was 10 and a half yards. The drops went from 6 to 5 to 13 to 10. Mm-hmm. 23 drops the last two years. He's not as adept as an, as an underneath receiver as he is an over-the-top guy. But I don't know if Tua can actually unleash him over the top. Gasecki's fine. The running backs are, you know, I put like seven running backs on that team. So they're basically elite. But there's a question mark for me about Waddle and Hill's usage in that offense, which I guess the problem is, is like, I'm not divorcing this from the quarterback, but we are kind of saying who's going to support the quarterback, and it's got to be in the environment in which they're supporting him. Mm-hmm. And in Miami, it's going to be underneath throws. No, I think that's fair. Um, okay. Uh, by the way, I may have not said this. The Bengals are in my my first tier. Yeah. Um, and I think I forgot to say Joe it. Mixon is interesting, right? Because – He's just a league average runner that just gets a lot of target, a lot it's of a lot volume. of volume. lot of volume. Yeah. So I had a big first tier, which says, I guess, that I'm excited about the NFL. Who wouldn't be? My um, third tier is the not quite perfect tier. Uh, <laughs> I used a reference from "She's Out of My League." They have webbed feet. You know, like these are these are good supporting casts. You're very excited about these supporting casts if you have them. Um, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Vikings. And I teetered on this one, man. I, so I didn't put the Broncos in there. I think there's still something to be seen. You know, like 
We assume that their supporting cast is good, but they've had Drew Locke. I'm not quite sure. Um, and the Cowboys. Now, I kept the Cowboys out. And here's why. If it, if the Cowboys had had, you know, if this were offensive lines included, I would put the Cowboys in here. You can't. I think C.D. Lamb is awesome. But I have to be honest with myself and say, I need to see what this receiving court looks like. You took away Amari Cooper, their number one option. That you need you need to see a year of that before I'm going to put them in either of those top two tiers. Yeah. By the way, uh, the Steelers, uh, Stephon, put your back into it, has retired today. Okay. Uh, I think we had to get that one out there. Um, Okay. This is my third tier. This is, I'm calling it missing something, but still good. Mm -hmm. San Francisco. Oh, my God. San Francisco is missing Kittle's health. Okay. Tampa Bay, which is missing a tight end and – Oh, Chris I'm Godwin's assuming health. they're going to have Gronk. Chris, Chris Godwin's health. Okay. Dallas is missing like a number one receipt, like, you know, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Seattle is missing a competent offense to use the to use Metcalf <laughs> and, and, and yeah. uh, lock it properly. And Pittsburgh is missing – Pittsburgh's – like I was on a Pittsburgh station yesterday and they were like, what about Deontay Johnson? Should he make $20 million a year? I'm like – are you if you gave him 20 million he'd drop it mm-hmm. so but like they, they're you know they're not bad like the the Fryermuth's a good tight end uh you know Claypool's a good you know Pickens um you know they have Anthony Miller in there now uh so like I think they're good but like they're missing something you know so that's my third tier uh missing something but still good okay this one um my third tier is <laughs> following up on the last reference the imperfection is a little more visible here. Um, you see it. All, you see it every time they show up on the field. Um, so I have the Cowboys in here because, I, you know, to be clear, I think they're going to be missing Amari Cooper. I don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, the Broncos, they are yeah, maybe continuity is the thing they're missing, right? Like these guys haven't been in a position where they're they have a real quarterback and they're you know trying to win games with that quarterback. So we'll see. I think they can be really, really good, but there's you know something that you're going to be seeing um, uh, whether it happens or not. Um, the Commanders, the Eagles, and the Seahawks. Okay, I like that. All right, now I have two, two lists now of ascending okay. and declining. Okay. So ascending, these are these are groups that I expect to be better at the end of the season, but are like profoundly average now. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, Philadelphia, Detroit, Washington, Cleveland, New York Jets, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see it, right? Atlanta, if London and Pitts round into four, yeah, that's yeah. a good pair. Kansas City, it's like they're throwing numbers at the wide receiver position. So if you get two out of Hardman, yeah. MBS, Juju, and yeah, I was Skymore. higher on the Chiefs, interestingly. Yeah, yeah. I, right, right now it's just a they're an average receiving sure. core, but I think by the end of the year they should be fine. Philadelphia as well, like AJ Brown obviously adds a lot, but like I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to unlock that. You know, mm-hmm. like we we just don't know. Devontae Smith, the tight end, Goddard. Maybe Philly's underrated here. I, I think they could be higher. Yep. Um, I would be higher. I does that make that makes sense to me yeah the ascending piece makes sense I'm curious to to hear your 
descending. Declining is Tennessee, Carolina, Green Bay, Baltimore. So Green Bay loses Adams. Yeah. It's just not going to get better than, you know, it's, I don't know necessarily, I think they could be better at the end of the year, but like, it's not, there's also like, uh, Tanyan is coming off an injury. Cobb is old. Uh, Sammy Watkins is old right. and, and injured. Ravens is like, Jesus, like, you know, the tight end's great there. I think Andrews has a case to be made to be the best tight end in the league. Carolina has more, but then like Robbie Anderson's not getting any better. Is and even if he's mm. like, I actually haven't checked in. And then Tennessee, like Robert Woods, your wide receiver core is Robert Woods coming off an ACL and a guy that can't make the guy that reportedly didn't make it through a uh, <laughs> a, a spring practice. So those are my declining group, my declining. Team. Do you have, and and you have more tiers after that, right? I have two more. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was I was like a little worried that that those were the only groups that you had. Um, I was going to be like, hmm. Um, okay, my next group are is a group of uh, basically like I'm pretty optimistic about them and I kind of think you should be too. Um, and this group is the Lions, the Saints, the Cardinals, the Steelers, and the Falcons. Now, the issue with the Cardinals, of course, is DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. But when he's not suspended – I think there's a lot of excitement to be had with that group. You know, like I'm kind of taking the Cliff Kingsbury thing out of it. Like mm-hmm. Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, that's a solid group. Um, the Lions with Hawkinson, now JMO, I'd be excited about that. The Saints with Thomas, Olave, and Kamara out of the backfield, I'm excited about that. The Falcons with uh, London and Pitts, you got to be excited about that, regardless of what you think about you know, the quarterback not being able to hit the broadside of the barn or the coach. And then the Steelers, you know, I don't think we, you know, you think about the receivers, and I think there's a lot to be optimistic there. They're a really solid core. You know, the Friar mm-hmm. is no joke. So, um, yeah, that is my uh, my optimism group. Love it. That's kind of a similar to my ascending group. Yes, I agree. All right, I have a meh group. Okay. A group that I don't think is going up or down, and I don't want to buy into, but I don't think it's like truly in the no category. Okay. New Orleans, Jacksonville, New England, Arizona, and Indianapolis. I know with Arizona you have Hopkins, but like there's an injury. There's also the fact that I, I'm out on a guy who says, I don't want to take the vaccine because I don't know what's in it. And then months later, gets caught with PEDs. Mm-hmm. That guy's an idiot to me. So mm-hmm. I'm not that guy making $27 million in my group. I'm um, not a big fan. I'm also not a big fan of Hollywood Brown. Like, I just don't know if, like, he can catch the broadside, you know, mm-hmm. he can. Well, he probably can't catch the broadside broad of a barn. No, yeah, that'd be tough. Or, but um, A.J. Greenstall on that team, Zach Ertz old. It, it, yeah, great. Indianapolis is one, like this is where the people who love running backs are going to come at us and be like, Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I, Jonathan Taylor is a great player. Um, after that, you're, Pittman's fine, but there's not a whole lot after that. You're looking at guys like Paris Campbell who have not stayed healthy. Uh, Mo Alley-Cox. Guys like that. I mean, maybe they get unlocked by Matt Ryan. Maybe uh, Father Time catches up to Matt Ryan before we can figure that out, though. I agree with you. Um, okay, I will do uh, – so you only have one tier left? I only have one tier. Okay. I'll do two tiers here then. So I have a tier of, like, I think – I'm not quite sure that this wide receiver slash tight ends are bad or good like there's ways that i think you could look at them (laughs) and and think they're heading in the right direction um colts jets panthers ravens now the ravens have no one at at wide receiver 
Um, uh, and but Bateman, you know, I think there were flashes. He was injured. He could be good. And Andrews is good. And you, I also kind of count. And don't take this the wrong way. But I'm kind of counting Lamar, you know, makes those guys better. He also himself does things, you know, with the ball in his hands. So, like, I don't know. I guess I counted that a little bit. Um, the next group are groups uh, is a group that I'm fairly confident I'm not excited about the direction they're heading. And that's the Packers, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Pats. I like that. Packers, I, no one's going to – no one's going to be upset. Like You can't argue. I mean, the Packers are not going to be a good team because of their wide receivers or tight ends. Well, like, let's be real. The optimistic view for the Packers is, and, and I, again, to say this about the Chiefs too, like your offense became too focused on like one characteristic that defenses could really hone in on. Sure. And for Green Bay, it was that your wide, your, your best wide receiver was the best wide receiver in the, in the entire league. And if... I think ultimately this is going to be more Belichickian than normal than than Lafleurian, right? Lafleur has never lost multiple games in a row in his entire career. Yeah. He's also never lost a game where Adams didn't play. But like, there, there's a chance Packers start like one and three, and everybody's like, "Oh, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with?" Them? And then they figure it out, and then they get to the playoffs, and a guy like Watson figures it out, a guy like Dubs figures it out, a guy like uh, uh, Cobb, Fountain of Youth, Watkins, Fountain of Youth. Tanyan, by the way, like last year, Tanyan was hurt. Yeah, they Robert Tanyan's the, good. They were throwing the this, this shit to Mercedes Lewis on the bootlegs yeah. and stuff. So, like, maybe they're more resilient, but out of the gate, it's not going to be the best. It's not going to be yeah. better. I, look, I think they're one that certainly could surprise, and next year you feel better about them. But there's a lot of projection that you got to do to get there, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, so, um, okay, and these are just bad groups. I, I At the office today, I come into the office like once or twice a week. I just yell out, who plays for Houston? <laughs> so Houston, and like, I know Brandon Cooks is good or whatever, but like Nico Collins, like the tight ends for Houston have always been in it. Every time I watch the Houston Texans tight ends play, I think, did I give up my career too quickly? <laughs> but like, oh, I need the chat to let Eric know how they feel about that statement. I, 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 the Houston's ter- something called Noah Brown plays tight end for Houston. Stop. And like, these people and have the running families. backs are the running backs are like it, it, is David Johnson who, still there? I don't know. Like I, I don't. I think I think David Johnson's gone. But okay. it doesn't matter. It's a shame. It doesn't matter. And the the, the funniest thing, and we talk. Let, let's take a swipe at the Chargers here for a second as a Chiefs fan. The most pathetic thing that ever happened last year was the Chargers letting Houston and Rex Burkhead and like. Every other running back from Kearney, Nebraska, run for like six yards of carry on them. Yeah. That was pathetic. Like not making the playoffs because you couldn't stop the run against Houston was a joke. But Houston's supporting cast is terrible, and their quarterback's probably going to be bad. The Giants, look, I, I'll I'll take this L. I thought I thought Kenny Galladay was a lot better than he yeah. than he's been the last couple of years. He was good with Detroit, hurt uh, even his last year. Last year was horrendous. Uh, maybe they'll uncover him this year. The Buffalo receivers were not back shoulder guys. They were get open guys. So Dable might not necessarily be the fit uh, for Gallaudet to unleash Tony. God knows where he's going to be. Um, so on and so forth. And then Chicago. I mean, when Byron Pringle is your number two wide receiver, you're in trouble. Yes. You are absolutely in trouble. Um, okay. 
Uh, mine are just, yeah, this is the no category <laughs> for me, and it's the Texans and the Bears. I, it's rough for them. So it's a struggle. Did by the way, the, the Texans are rebuilding. Did Lovey Smith when he went on Chris's show? Did he talk shit about people in the media? Or was no. he just like, did he know his place? No. As a five win coach in the NFL. Uh, I don't think he did. Interesting how yeah. that happens. Yeah, oh, Lovey Smith actually had success in the league before. Kind of funny. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, very, very surprising. I would have thought, you know, I would have thought that you just had to take swipes in the media. But you never know. Um let me ask you this. The we did this with the coaches. Supporting cast that makes the biggest jump from this year to next. Well, I'm I'm contractually not obligated not to say one team. Yes, you are. That's um, correct. It's Philly, isn't it? Think and so? I think I had Philly raised too low anyway. Um hmm. I think it really depends though. Like if Philly leans into Jalen Hurts. And you still have some of the issues that they had last year, which accuracy, uh, timing, like because early in the year that offense was struggling because they were throwing the ball too much, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. at the end of the season, it was like we're going to run the football. Uh, the quarterback's going to be a big part of this run game. Miles Sanders is going to be what he is, and Boston Scott and other guy uh, who's the guy from Kenneth Gainwell. We're gonna we're gonna run the football and lean into our line of scrimmage advantage, and they did great. They obviously did not trade like the 18th overall pick to have like a run first team with AJ. Sure. They didn't draft two wide. Like they've used a third round pick in three consecutive drafts on wide receivers. They're going to eventually use them, uh, use them to the full extent. But is Jalen hurts up for that kind of volume is my question, because if he is the Philadelphia Eagles are in the elite of the elite next year. If they're not, that was was the team ascending group. That was the team that I was going to say. And I actually, I mean, I struggled. I was going to put the Seahawks in the like, or uh, sorry, the Eagles in the not quite perfect group. But, you know, there's, I just think there are a few too many questions with just health and sustainability on a winning team. But I agree. I think they could be in the like, hey, this is an awesome supporting cast and there are no holes anywhere group. Um, I was, I was really close to putting them even higher. I thought it was interesting though that I had, um, Eagles, Commanders, and Cowboys all in that same like really good uh, everywhere group. And, you know, maybe for the first time, there's like, you know, there's some optimism for the NFC East. Yeah, okay. And, and I want to answer the other side of the question with, one, with a bet. We're going to make a PFF forecast official play here. Okay. I, I did not go over this with you before, but I, you'll I'm ride, here for it. You'll ride or die with me here. I am going to go at minus 125. With the team who I think is in a basically elite category right now in terms of support, but because of the quarterback play and because of schedule and because uh, the schedule's not as that bad, but it's just the AFC, so it's going to be hard. I'm going to take the under on your and Fergie's Miami Dolphins <laughs> nine wins. <laughs> wow! I'm, is this called the Fade Fergie Tour? I'm fading Fergie. That's rough. The Dolphins under nine. I'm trying to find the exact price. Minus 125. I got, look, we got into it a little bit on Twitter yesterday because, you know, the BetQL people were like, hey, what do you, do you like the under for Miami? I retweet. I said, yes. And this is where, again, we're going to try to educate our listeners about sort the of syndicate. How to, the syndicate about how to think about things. 
So somebody said, if you're going to bet under nine wins for the Dolphins, you're basically saying that injuries and bad luck are going to overcome the positive differences between Brian Flores and the coaching staff and all the acquisitions that the Dolphins made, which I will grant are great. And I said, no, that is assuming that the nine and eight record the Dolphins had last year was a fundamental nine and eight, meaning they were right. they were they good. were that good. They were that good. When when you look at this team, they scored 20, 20.1 points a game and gave up twenty one point nine points a game, meaning that that's a corresponding record of seven and six and nine and four. So they were a seven and a half win team fundamentally. So the market is saying we think they'll improve a win and a half fundamentally, which I think is is a reasonable way to look at it if you get to uh, to improve even a modicum of success. Last year though, even even with this. You're talking about a win against New England, which our 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 uh, R and D intern Arjun Menon put out had the the biggest swing and win probability due to a fumble in the entire league. So they win that game by one. They beat Houston by eight. Good for you. They beat the Baltimore Ravens by twelve on a Thursday night game after the Ravens had played a full overtime to zero 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 against the Vikings on Sunday. They beat the Jets. Good for you. They beat the Panthers. Good for you. They beat the Giants. Good for you. They beat the Jets again. Good for you again. They beat Ian Book on Monday Night Football and the Saints. I remember that game. And then, yes, they beat a Patriots team, and I, I misspoke on Twitter. The Patriots did have seeding to play for, but they did beat the Patriots at home in Week 18. Belichick's never coached well in Miami, ever. The Patriots have just never played well So, there, So yeah. you're talking about a team that is probably more like a seven-win team fundamentally last year. So when you add in Hill and you yeah. add in, you know, the folks, you know, the Teron Armstead and so on and so forth, yes, you're probably getting a win or two more. You're also, with Tua, I think Tua's third offensive coordinator in three years, or third play caller in three years. A guy who didn't play well last year. Twice as many turnover-worthy plays as big-time throws. I, I, I just, I, I don't see it. And in an AFC, that's extremely difficult. Yep. You also get some schedule difficulties for the Dolphins here. One of which, and I really hope we get to go to this game because they're probably going to induct uh, one of our friends into the ring of honor here. They open with Patriots at home, at Ravens, Bills at home, and then they come here to play the Bengals on Thursday Night Football. Why is that important? Well, that's McDaniel's first Thursday night game. And it's only four weeks into the year. Coaches in their first yeah, yeah, the Thursday first night games are generally bad bets. And so, again, like you're maybe starting two and two if you're lucky. It's interesting. And, I mean, I don't know. I You want to be bullish on kind of the Shanahan tree because, I mean, I guess why? Because of like LeFleur, you know, even though but he came LeFleur from McVay, was a, McVay, but like. Yeah. But they were all together in Washington, yeah, yeah. so I guess maybe he gets a little bit of credit. But I do think there's an op- a real open question. You know, like you made the point um, on Sunday on the podcast, or I think it was a good one. It's like, you know, is Shanahan very singular in his ability to do what he's doing? And is it is it system or is it the fact that this guy's a wizard? And I, I don't think we know, you know, right? I mean, the Jets thing went very poorly, obviously, in year one. I don't think we need to blame, you know, the Shanahan offense for that. But yeah. um, I, I, that's an interesting one. And you also – the two – I mean, I think it's really the Tua thing, right? Because <laughs> I mean, you're just betting against a quarterback. Yeah, so far. because, like, you can say all of the things you want about adding a certain number of wins with those players. 
But the quarterback's play oscillating even a little bit makes that addition of wins insignificant, right? Mm -hmm. If they're fundamentally a seven, seven and a half win team and he's just a little bit worse, (laughs) they're a four win team, right? You know, it's like it, like there is, and it, and it it overcomes all of the goodness that had like Tyreek Hill can elevate Tua. But like I don't. But think- Tua's got to reach a certain level of goodness, right. <laughs> you know, for that to matter. Correct. So, um, um, by the way, uh, there's also an alt line that you can get. Um, just think about this: like if you want to go under eight and a half, for example, it's going to be plus money. But if it's minus one twenty-five at a place like DraftKings, you think about a win is worth about fifty cents, or half a win's worth about fifty cents. So, like if you're going to bet under eight and a half, you probably want to have at least, unless you think DraftKings is or whatever you want to probably get somewhere close to plus 125 for under eight and a half so you know just think about the indices there i know um circa came out with their win totals and they were kind of cool because they give on one win on each side for an alt line uh which is great and and obviously you can bet other alt lines if you if you think it's going to go really pear-shaped you can bet under four and a half at like you know five to one or something like that those are always things again i don't have anything against the dolphins i just think like hates the dolphins. I just think that there's there are places in this world where you tell me more. You can, and, and we did this with Trubisky three years ago, right? Where you have a, a, a not so great quarterback who everybody wants to be good because he's a first round pick, has a good record, and and honestly, Tua's good record is extended for two straight seasons. Yep. You have a good record, and then you know it's but it's not. It's not great. And then you have things like, you know, for defenses, like turnover rates and stuff like that regress. I know the Dolphins weren't exactly a standout last year, but that's something to think about, right? And and, and there's not that many edges to be had in the NFL. And so you want to exploit the ones uh, that exist. Well said. Uh, that is our show. We will be back on Sunday. Uh, probably a little earlier than normal. Mm-hmm. Both you and I will be uh, on the road for a little bit you're you've promised you made a promise to our syndicate fans that you are going to bring your good microphone though i and and a light and all that good stuff and all that good stuff so we're going to be looking as good as we possibly can uh for, for you guys sounding good is what you really want um but anyways we love you all thanks for hanging out peace